0: This is High School, Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitinjala Danki and Ayush Agarwal.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much Musical. Today we're joined with Mariam Paravis, who specializes in anthropology and has been studying that at college at MIT, where she recently graduated from. She's been she's been looking into combining or she's been looking into the intersection between healthcare and anthropology. So Mariam or Mario, if you could give the listeners a quick introduction by yourself, that'd be great.
2: Yeah. Hi everyone. Thanks so much for having me. Um so i am um, an australian pakistani i just finished my undergrad i was at wellesley college and i was cross-registered at mit i did anthropology and i specialized in medical anthropology and, that's awesome um, yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah so if you could talk a little bit more about you know what exactly is anthropology because i feel like. Uh, a lot of people, especially at our school, they mm-hmm. we're so focused on STEM that we don't have a good understanding of a lot of these humanity fields, like archeology, span like anthropology, history. Uh, we're all kind of just focused on like, you know, the science, the physics, the chemistry. So could you talk a little bit about what exactly anthropology is and why it's so important to learn about and study?
2: Oh, absolutely. So anthropology, someone described it as the science that dares to be different, and I really like that. (laughs) Um, So essentially, anthropology is that study of, you know, humans, past, present and future. And since it's a social science, it's also sort of you can see it as a research field. So the tool of our research is ethnography. Right, so if you think about it, anthropologists immerse themselves in a sort of field site where specific place that we may be studying, and then we employ methods like participant observation, getting to know our environment, our people, right, and then we sort of translate that experience from that environment and that field site from the inside and communicate that to the outside world, right? So, ethnography as a tool is essentially how we sort of communicate those findings. And those patterns that sort of emerge from that research and this can be sort of disseminated in the form of writing like papers books all that stuff but it can also be really cool things like digital storytelling video ethnography movies all sorts of things you know um it's a very very interesting field and um there now i mean there's so much to talk about there's uh, they recently published how you can have all sorts of careers that you want with your background in anthropology. You could work for Netflix, you can work for the WHO, you can work for um, any sort of, I mean, World Bank. There's so many things that you can do with this field. Uh, the possibilities are endless.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for that. Like. Um like in my opinion I don't know too many people that like they're that focused on anthropology but you know just off of that it seems really interesting so like could you talk about like your pathway to a career in anthropology you know from your education at your previous college it's Wesley um, and MIT yeah,
2: yeah yeah so this um this journey sort of started maybe middle school high school for me so I kind of discovered early on that I had three main sort of passions and they were science, art, and sort of uh, community service, right? And so in high school, middle school, all that, I really loved science, I loved chemistry, but then I also like really loved being creative, visual arts, music, film, all of that fun stuff, right? And I also really liked sort of community service because um, I did a lot of that work in school, out of school, working with many different communities, uh, in the medical environment, schools, orphanages, just being immersed in a different population in a community, learning from them and working with them in a sort of positive, productive way. That was really important to me. And so when the time came to like (laughs) apply to colleges and look into majors, I knew right off the bat that I wanted to do sort of um, a double major in chemistry and something like say studio art and then you know sort of that community service would follow along the way that was my initial plan but when I started looking into schools and and what that sort of idea of a major really means you know like you have to go in you have to complete a bunch of requirements to actually get your degree not just for the college but for your major I kind of realized that a lot of what I had wanted to study uh in chemistry say or in studio art or something that was a very small portion of the actual major requirements and so i wasn't really interested in every aspect of that right and then at the same time double majoring for example takes up so much of your time at college that you don't really have much time for everything else right and college is a time to yes solidify your interests and field of choice and skill set but it's also a time to explore right so i wanted to study abroad do all sorts of different things different subjects and so i literally went down the list of every college major you could think of and i made a checklist as to like what i liked, didn't like and i stumbled upon anthropology and i had no idea what it was I have literally based my academic and professional education on something I googled one day. I had never studied it, didn't know anything about it, but something about it sat really well with me in the sense that it was a way to sort of bridge that sort of science and artistic side of myself, and as well as that element of immersing in community. So that was really important to me. So when I sort of when I got to Wellesley, I um, right off the bat I took two courses in anthropology. I took intro to anthropology, and I took a first year writing seminar which was about digital storytelling in anthropology. And the intro course was kind of dull, and but the digital storytelling course completely made up for it. And I mean that was one of the most life changing courses. Um, ever and my professor was very very cool he you know he studies ghost towns in canada in iceland uh he really opened up my eyes to see how interesting and versatile this field can be and then at uh so that sort of satisfied a lot of my digital and cultural anthropology needs but then i was really curious to explore medical anthropology and mit had amazing courses in medical anthropology and as a wellesley student you can cross register at mit so i just went there i took every course i could imagine and yeah that was sort of that's been my path and yeah
0: that's awesome yeah it's really cool to hear like the journey of somebody else who's recently graduated from college especially since like me as a junior, Rishi as a sophomore, and Nitin also as a junior, that's kind of what we're thinking about now, because like you kind of, I think every like high schooler reaches that point where they realize, okay, so what do I do after I get into college, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, if you could actually talk a little bit more about, you know, how anthropology kind of differs from other fields. For example, you talked about how it's the study of humans. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's also kind of similar to, you know, psychology, where it's like, psychology refers to study of human behavior. And anthropology, as you mentioned, it's kind of like studying humans in the past, present and future. Well, that's kind of referring to like history and uh, like, how humans behaved in the past and how that will influence how humans behave in the future so if you could kind of talk about how like anthropology it's similar to those other fields like history psychology etc but also how it differs from them I think it would give uh, the listeners a better idea of what exactly anthropology is
2: absolutely absolutely so in that respect something like psychology right you as you pointed out it's sort of looking at the behaviors of people and individuals, right. Anthropology looks at individuals, but it, it's more important with sort of the the whole of like sort of like that society, right. So for example, I'll give you so, so you guys, um, I know that you're interested in economics and such, right. So one of the things they did was there was an, a study where there was a Lego, like a Lego, the company, they were doing very poorly in sales, right? And they couldn't understand why, like certain pieces of um, equipment were selling and some weren't. And they had done their sort of quantitative uh, research, they'd gotten the surveys back and they just, they really couldn't understand what was going on. So they sent a team of anthropologists to consumers homes right like the people who are actually using lego and they went in and they sort of spent time with the family spent time with the children that were using you know lego and they realized that you know certain kits had products that um, others didn't and some were working to help kids build you know the models or whatever they were creating but the others are kind of useless right so their parents are not going to waste like all that money on like for one part on an entire kit right so it's anthropology is like it has a unique way of um, studying cultures but also in some ways you can think of it as also like problem solving right so in medical anthropology you go into a society you understand not just that there is malnutrition, right? Or say, like in psychology, like you understand maybe why a, a, a certain person has um, experienced malnutrition or their children, but it's understanding the sort of structural social elements around why that would exist. You know, like why are people in this community malnourished? You know, what, what's happening? And then you can take that as far as you want. I mean you can you you start from the inside you explore outside and then you can look at you know policy change you can look at social work activism there's there's so much that can come from understanding a, a deeper understanding of not just individuals that you're obviously spending time with and you're immersed among but that whole social and cultural space
1: yeah so in our planning meeting you mentioned that you went and you did work in iceland through a school trip and we have something similar to that in our school where the last week of school is dedicated to term project week where uh you can go to multiple places like with your friends and with some teachers like we have hawaii australia um, iceland as well um europe so like you can do that or you can just stay at school and do like these little camps but uh, could you talk about your experience in Iceland through through your school trip?
2: Absolutely. That that's a really cool thing that you guys have. That that's awesome. <laughs> um, I guess once again, like that's one of the really cool things about anthropology because your subjects are sort of everywhere. <laughs> your field sites are everywhere, and it's a big. You know, you can travel as far as you want. You can stay within a community. You know, for a very long time. Uh, it really depends. So. The first year writing seminar that I had mentioned, that professor who also became my advisor senior year, really cool person, he studies uh, ghost towns in Canada and Iceland. He, he really loves those really unique remote areas where no one really goes. And I know that Iceland now has become a very uh, cool tourist spot, which is awesome. But um, he's been doing this for years when no one knew anything, you know? And He has these sort of two summer Iceland courses in the year, which are like two weeks each. And so when I joined college and I had heard about him and his you know trips, I just really wanted to go. You know, I, I loved the idea of an adventure, and it was a really cool experience. So I applied for that sort of trip, and I was lucky enough to get in. And um, it was truly, truly wonderful. Just I mean, whenever would I have gone to Iceland? I don't know. Right. So that uh, it, it was truly a unique experience. I mean, I, I saw like 23 hours of sunlight for the first time in my life, which was really cool. Um, and then more so for the course. So this was a course that we took. You got like your full four credits, right? Um, and what we looked at we sort of we had our lectures and theory in the morning like in these random places like once even on a boat you know and then the rest of the time was like our time to explore and interact with the sort of community right and we traveled um around iceland and i mean we lived on a farm we rode horses we climbed the volcano but we we also had a lot of in-depth conversations with people in the city i mean we spoke to like um this person who manages a record label in um, Iceland and uh, I mean just really interesting in-depth understandings of them as a culture and as a people and we I mean they're very like sort of mystical it's a mystical magical place you have I mean we had ghost stories we had so many so many different things right and we looked at specifically the anthropology of sort of tourism as well you know what does it mean to be a local what does it mean to be a tourist what is sort of like souvenir anthropology well, why do we choose things um when we visit a place why do we choose those things to take back with us you know and where do they travel after it's um all these sort of things and concepts and just learning about a culture that no one really knows anything about right so we then sort of were able to pick uh, a final project after like exploring and such to, you know, either write an essay or make a video about or a movie, you know, sort of thing. So for example, one thing that really struck me was, I I noticed two things. I noticed that there was like one movie cinema in like any of the places, cities that we had been to, which had like three, like it was, it, was, it looked like a home it had a small little A4 size poster outside, and it just had three little um, movie times. And then the other thing that was really interesting to me was that they had two hospitals in the entire country, I believe. There's something like that. And so, uh, how does that even work? I mean, this is—I mean, this is a rough country, right? Like, there's like it's a mountainous terrain. There's there's so much, you know. How do you get a sick person to where they need to? in time and they're not crowded hospitals and you know so I kind of explored like this through video and I was just like do Icelanders ever get sick and I mean how does that sort of their environment perpetuate this health or how do they how do they do that what is that what does that mean do they how, how what does that mean you know so I looked at that so that was really interesting um but yeah again such a cool place so fascinating um yeah and you mentioned australia as well and just to plug australia as well i think that's also really really uh amazingly rich country because um there's so much to explore the aboriginal community has their own history as well you know um but yeah lots of cool places lots to explore
0: Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and experiences about your journey in Iceland, uh, college, and high school, Mariam. Uh, For our listeners, make sure to stay tuned for the second part of this two-part series, which will will be released in the coming days. See you next time.
1: High School Not So Much a Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal and Nitin Jaladanki. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you for listening and see you next time.